Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Chapter 68 of Anselm's Monologia talks about love as being a response of the rational creature to the divine that has been now understood through the previous 67 chapters of the work. And Anselm has gotten us to the point where we understand that the human mind is indeed an image or a mirror of the divine trinity. And now he's looking at what the human being's response ought to be. And he's placing it in terms of rationality, but also in terms of love. For a lot of people, these are sort of separate from each other. There's rationality, and then there's affectivity. There's the intellect, and then there's, you know, the will and the desires and all those sorts of things. For Anselm, although we can indeed distinguish the, the will from, say, the intellect or reason, and those aren't exactly the same thing as, say, the appetites, these are actually going to pervade each other to a certain degree in the human person. And it's a rational response to love. So let's take a look at, at how he actually sets this out. He says that the rational creature can recognize, and this is part of what it means to be fully rational, that it ought to express the divine image that is impressed upon it. This is the divine image that we've, we've already talked about a little bit. And so what does that divine image comprise? Remembering, right? Understanding and loving. And it, it remembers, understands, and loves itself. But it also does this, all three of these acts or functions in relation to the supreme good. And you say, well, why does it have to do, you know, that? Why? Well, you know, if you actually do, in fact, remember or understand the supreme good as the supreme good, you're going to love it. And that's part of what we're, we're getting to in a moment. It would be irrational not to love it. So he says, it seems to follow the rational creature should strive for nothing else so much as to express through voluntary action. Our choices ought to be determined by what rationality tells us about the divine. So he says, aside from the fact that it owes its very existence to the one who created it, so there, there's one reason why it ought to do that, perhaps of a sort of ontological gratitude, it if it recognizes that it can do nothing else so preeminent as to remember, understand, and love the supreme good, it will certainly be convinced that it ought to will nothing else so preeminent. Now, what does all that mean? To, you know, will preeminently? Well, that means that when you get a tough situation where you have to choose between remembering, understanding, loving the, you know, the divine good, the supreme good from which all other goods come, and being attracted by other goods, which are genuine goods, but are not as good as the supreme good, you ought to give preference to the supreme good rather than saying, oh, I'll get back to that in a while. So Anselm is saying there's a prioritization here that ought to be taking place, and it's one that ought to be reflected not just in our rationality, but also in our volition, in our will, in our voluntas in Latin, or the verb for it is vela in Latin. So he says, going on from this, furthermore, what does it mean to be rational? Being rational means being able to discern the just from the not just, the true from the not true. 
the good from the not good. That's, that's already a bit to, to talk about there. Notice we've got three different sets of values there. Rationality for somebody like Anselm is not simply about discerning the true from the not true, and then building everything else off of that. Rather, rationality already extends into what we could call the domain of practical rationality, the just from the not just, the right from the wrong. Right? Or the good from the not good, the good from the bad, the good from the evil. And notice that it's not just a matter of off-on switches, right? There are continua for this as well. The greater good from the lesser good. This is indeed, for Anselm, the function of the rational mind. It is not as if the rational mind is concerned only with you know speculative matters, that it only engages in, say, critical thinking and doesn't also do ethics at the same time. All of these are parts of what it does. So he goes on and he says, this ability is altogether useless for it and utterly empty unless it loves or repudiates, rejects, reprobate, right? Rational being exists in order to love or to reject, to, to say yes, to, to say no, to pursue, to, to pull away from, in accordance with what the rational discernment judges about these things. So when reason tells us, hey, that thing over there is good, that thing over there is not good, or that thing over there, and you can't have both of them, is better than the other one, we ought to love, that ought to be our response, we ought to love the thing that is good or the greater good, and we ought to reject, or, uh, you know, later on he's going to talk in terms of contemning, contaminating. It's a dis to, to put aside things that are not in accordance with, with what is actually good. Likewise, we want the true, we want to avoid falsity, we want the just, we want to avoid what is not just. So that is part of what it means to be rational. What is the upshot then for the divine? Well, like I put it, the rational creature was made to love the supreme essence above all other goods. That's part of what it means to be rational, to be able to recognize that the supreme good is indeed a better good, a higher good than all the other goods. It's, it's the one that trumps all of them. It's also one that is more true. You know, so if, we're, if our value is truth, it is also justice itself as we've seen, as we talked about in a previous video, about what we can say substantively about God. So he goes on and he says, nothing is more evident than that the rational creature is made for this. Indeed, that it might love nothing but him or what it loves for his sake, since he is good through himself and nothing else is good through him. Now, there's one last corollary to this as well. The rational creature cannot actually love the divine unless it also remembers the divine, keeps it in memory, right? and understands the divine. It's not possible, Anselm thinks, to just have a blind, sort of dumb love that doesn't know what it's loving at all. You know, sort of a, and we talk about blind faith, we can also talk about blind love. Anselm thinks that our capacity for loving the divine is going to be based in part on our rational reaching out to the divine. It's also based on the divine doing things in connection with us. But he doesn't think that we just sort of love in an irrational fashion. We should love in a rational fashion. And if we do so, we will be rightly directed as rational creatures to the divine. Notice that this is a very important corollary. It's not enough just to know the divine or to come up with all sorts of proofs and arguments. And an affective response is being called for on the part of the person. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. 
You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.